is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Better late than never. This is a <laughs> non-BBD edition of Mick Shots with the ever-charismatic Mickey Spagnola and Everson Walls. I am Bill Jones. BBD. Did you not listen to Mike McCarthy's press conference I, I today? I did. What does BBD stand for? I, I, I didn't know if you, you had picked up on that. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> Every, obviously, it was not that Im- impressive. It didn't land well with you, did it? <laughs> BBD, I think he said, is be boring daily or something like that. Be, yes. Okay. Yes. That, that, that yes. has been that was his philo- Mike McCarthy's philosophy in Green Bay, and he said basically it didn't work there, and so now he's giving us his charismatic. The charisma is just flowing out of his ears, and that's the way it has been throughout this time here on Mix Shots. <laughs> the ever charismatic Mickey Spagnola and Everson Walls, right? Absolutely. There's no BBD, be boring daily around here, right? And uh, I think Mike's said it took him a little while to learn that <laughs> as most coaches do and then most quarterbacks also do mm-hmm. because they realize that if they have an opinion one way or another someone's going to challenge it and they can disagree with them or challenge them and 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 twist what they had to say so now you say and nothing. i may have that i can't remember exactly it was, it was bbd i think it was i, I heard it was when he said it and boring I, daily and i something. didn't hear and i didn't hear the, to that effect anyway entire acronym and everson walls never subscribed to that when he played for the cowboys or since nope. he has never nope. been bbd right everson we want to be exciting daily, so that's a B E D, and that's also the the that should be the moniker for this show. I don't want to be boring daily, you know. And we we're not that, especially when Mick takes his Mick shots at, at people, depending on who it is, and then you've got the Twitter going crazy on him and. They're going to criticize us no matter what we say. So B E D. That's what we're going to. And be. that's why head coaches typically are B B D because they don't want the Twitter world to go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Oh, they're Mick. going to do it anyway. They're going to do it yeah, anyway. That's, that's right. the way that it's going to. Twitter is not made for. A, 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 a smooth road. Yep. Twitter is made for bumpy and chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mickey has been out on the practice field. The players uh, still out there as of 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago when I walked by uh, out on the practice field. And there was a new player out on the practice field today. He's actually an old familiar face, but he is back cleared to at least do something now. Number 94. Uh, Randy Gregory uh, is now eligible to practice with the team. Uh, he still 
conditionally reinstated. He's got two more games that he has to miss, but part of his condition was after four weeks he can start working with the team. So he was in helmet and whatever pads they had, shells, uh, and it really was the, the first time. So he got suspended February 26, 2019 indefinitely. So the mm-hmm. last time he would have had a helmet on would have been the Cowboys playoff game in L.A., January 12, 2019, versus the Rams. Uh, and uh, the last regular season game he played was December 30th against the Giants. He had five tackles, a tackle for a loss, and one quarterback hit. So I think this will be a very good addition to a team that lacks a pass rush. I'm not sure how much he'll be able to do right off the start. but And he, and he can't do anything for a couple of weeks. For another two weeks. He can practice, but he can't play until after the sixth game. So maybe he Which comes, would be after the bye. The bye. So you the got sixth, the Giants and you got Arizona in the bye week. Right? No, the, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did me Washington. One, right? Bye week's on down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, and, and so maybe he's a. DPR, designated pass rusher. Since we're into acronyms here today. That's right. And he has never been BBD. What about a designated edge setter? Well, that That would would help too. That would help also, by the way. Um, And also, uh, back in practice, Anthony Brown. Um, he's eligible to come off uh, injured reserve. He's served his three games, which is one of the reasons, and, and good question by Everson Walls last night to me, uh, what, what, it was Brandon Carr question mark, and uh, Mike answered it today, said we've got <laughs> A.B. coming back. Uh, so I guess they felt like to make room, uh, they, they didn't need another corner uh, and he wasn't really playing much, and I think the experiment at safety really wasn't working. At least that may have been his BBD I don't response. I think they gave him a chance. Yeah. Really. Yeah. How many plays did he didn't. play? Yeah. I think yeah. he had one snap in 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 the last game. Uh, so we'll see where that one goes. Uh, he lives here, so he can always be an emergency uh, replacement. But at least Anthony Brown was back out there uh, working. That was encouraging. Uh, also encouraging, uh, Leighton Vanderesh was uh, ramping up his rehab. Uh, he was actually doing some running. Uh, they were also, he was doing those step drills. Hey, after these last couple of weeks, I bet he is ramping up his right? rehab yeah, after these like, last right, couple of weeks. you got to get going here. Uh, <laughs> you got to get going, buddy. <laughs> he was doing those side steps through the, through the blocking uh, bags on the ground. Uh, actually saw him catch a ball at one-handed. Now, I don't know if it was the good collarbone or the bad one, but uh, he was moving more than his previous rehab had been taking place, so he was rehabbing. Uh, Chidabe Awuzie looked like he ramped up his uh, rehab, and he would be eligible to come off IR next week. Uh, so that was encouraging. Uh, and after that, I think that about covers the guys. They, their new guys on the roster were here and practicing. The offensive tackle Greg Sinat, uh claimed off the or signed off the Cleveland's practice squad, and then William Sweet was added to the Cowboys practice squad. And I saw both of them work out. So these two guys, you guys. They probably have a pretty good head on their shoulders because they were the second and third people out on the practice field before everybody else started coming out. So they had the <laughs> sense to get out there early and start working. And they were good-sized guys, too. 
They were six four, six five, and three hundred. Well, they're pounds. listed as tackles, right? And they're tackles, yeah. 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 And and good sized guys. They and they looked like they were in shape. If you can tell with a jersey. So there's the scouting pounds. report on the newcomers. That's right, for Mickey. And <laughs> and all tackles are welcome on this team, by the way. <laughs> because the well, reports, that lets you know. The reports were mm-hmm. Lael Collins should be going under surgery today. Mm-hmm. So uh, that 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 ship has sailed, and they've got to make do. And by the, and by the way, just second, Everson. Uh, I just want to clarify on Randy Gregory. He would be eligible to play in a game at Washington on October 25th. Cowboys have the Giants this Sunday, then a Monday night Arizona. game against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and then at Washington at Philadelphia. The bye week isn't until November 15th. Uh, and so his first chance to sack a quarterback would be Washington's Kyle Allen, as it stands right now, because Washington just made a change at quarterback today. Dwayne Haskins no they longer sure a starter. Did. Uh, Kyle Allen is, yes. and Alex Smith is a number two quarterback there in Washington. He's that? moving up the depth chart. I would think if they, if they are, and we'll get back to the Cowboys here, but I would think if they are going, if if um, Alex Smith is in come along far enough to where he can be the number two quarterback, then why you need the number one quarterback? Because, I mean, what if Kyle Allen gets hurt the first play of the game? And if he's your number two guy, he's practicing, right? Or doing something. But what a remarkable story, him (laughs) even getting back uh, uh, to this level. All right, Everson, you wanted to say something. Oh, Oh, I was just going to mention how important it was that uh, Randy Gregory and, of course, Van Der kind of start stepping up in regards to rehab and, and really getting ready for the game. Uh, what's just as important is, is what you talked about, Spags, the big guys that they brought in. Because we talked about it yesterday. I know I did at length about, yes, our linebackers need to be better. Their recognition does need to be quicker. We talked about how Sean Lee, if he was out there, his recognition would be quicker and he would be doing all he could to blow up the blocking scheme for the opposing offense. But when it comes down to it, we need these D linemen, and we need these D linemen to be able to keep the uh, offensive linemen off of our linebackers. They have to be given room to roam from sideline to sideline, at least not to be cut off from shooting their gaps when they do recognize run. So Sean Lee could be out there as well trying to do all he can. If we can't keep those big linemen off of him, if we can't keep those big offensive linemen from cutting off our linebackers, it's going to be just like it was last year uh, towards the end of the season. We were horrible against the run all last year, especially the last eight games. We're continuing that this year. The big D linemen are extremely important. Not just that, they need to be schemed properly to help the linebackers as much as possible. Mickey, when you look at the run defense, what struck you uh, outside of the fact there were some gaping holes, but there were some plays. In fact, one play in particular, the Kareem Hunt 14 or 13-yard touchdown run, Everson Griffin took himself out of the play with a hard charge upfield, and there was just a huge hole there. There were some other instances where whether it was stunts on the on the defensive line or whatever, where they there was just some gaping holes there too. Yeah, and and there there was a, a couple missed tackles. Um, I can't remember which if it was that touchdown or another one going the other way. Uh, Xavier Woods stepped into the hole and and he whiffed. He didn't he didn't make the tackle. 
uh, and and he me did. made the tackle. He they would have stopped him about at the line of scrimmage or that might have been where that Hunt went to the, the goal line. Yeah. he went to the goal line and they ruled him down at the half yeah, yard line. That one. And so uh, yeah, there were some missed tackles, but they were just getting pushed out of position. They weren't holding their gaps uh, very well. And you know, and, and <clears throat> Everson knows this as well as anything. You know, they teach the offensive linemen. You know, if the defensive lineman wants to go that way, just go push them that way. And, you know, the, the running back will find the hole. And they seem to be going, and they were going, okay, well, I'll just push you to the left, uh, get you out of the way. And there was the cutback lanes, and guys weren't uh, maintaining their gaps. And they got to do a better job of that. So I don't know if that was scheme. I don't know if they weren't using the right technique. Uh, I do know that's typically called zone blocking spags. Uh-huh. That's all that is called. It's called zone blocking. It's the same thing that was the death of uh, the flex defense in trying to, to give the linebackers room to roam. We can't our, our defensive linemen. They would lay on the offensive linemen as opposed to keeping them at arm's length so that they can control them. Once that lineman gets up into their chest, they have no recourse unless you're an exceptionally good defensive lineman like, like a, an Aaron Donald or someone like that. But otherwise, you're at their mercy. And like you said, just pushing them on by. They cannot react to go back inside because the offensive lineman has control of them. It happened with the flex. And it's, that's why you get these big offensive linemen now. Remember the Cowboys had the small guys, the Rafferty's, you know, the Fitzgerald. Great players. A lot of them did well for Tony Dorsett. At one point, he was, had more yards than anyone else in NFL history. So they were doing well for him. But as things went on, the Redskins, the Hogs, those guys came in with Riggins, and they had the big offensive linemen that would just shield the D linemen, Randy White, John Dudden, Harvey Tutal, shield them from able to getting back inside into that gap. Next thing you know, Riggins is going right by you, and now we have to deal with him in the secondary. So that, that, that bodes uh, the same to this day. Uh, and so your defensive linemen, the best ones, you see it, the best ones are the ones that take control of the offensive linemen, not the ones that let the offensive linemen take control of them. Yeah, Tom didn't want anybody more than 260 pounds, and then Nate Newton showed up. And <laughs> <laughs> and messed could, up everything. Right? Just messed and up I, everything. I could see the look on Tom's face like, are you kidding me? This guy's like 330 pounds. And, but it changed. And uh, ended it, up being a great well, Pobo, Pobo yeah, lineman. And, and, one of the, great and Pobo Nate will lineman. tell you this. One of the reasons why it changed is the NFL finally cracked down on, on steroids. So you had to have natural naturally big guys like Nate because they ate a lot, uh, not because they were taking artificial <laughs> stimulants. You know, and, and exactly. basically up until 1989, which Landry was out of the league in, in 1989, uh, I remember Jerry Jones, and he tell, still tells the stories, how many 300-pounders there were in the league when he came into the league, and it was like in the single digits in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can't find, uh, as far as offensive linemen are concerned, 
you there aren't they don't I, exist. I, there aren't a. I mean, I bet you there is less. There are less than five uh, offensive linemen that are under three hundred pounds, and that would be maybe you find a center. I, I, I don't even team. know if they exist. Uh, there, there have been some that have come out in the draft them. that are that have been two hundred ninety-five pounds, and I immediately checked them they off. Probably not the big center enough. position. They get out I, of I, big. I, I don't even. I don't even write them they're down out. in my big green notebook if they're less than three hundred pounds anymore. All right, we're just getting started here on mixed shots, and we continue with a big time mixed shot from Mickey coming up in a second. I'm putting the pressure on you, All Mickey. Right. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back to mixed shots. Cowboy fans, have you picked up your new gear for the 2020 season? All new styles are arriving now. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop. DallasCowboys.com for the newest arrivals as we continue here on Mix Shots. There you go. As we continue here on Mix Shots, very nicely done there, Mickey Spagnola. We get a, we get new live reads every day these it days. It seems that yeah, way, right. yes. Yeah. Well, that means they've got a lot of stuff for us to read. That's exactly right. All right, um, Mickey, you do have a big-time mix shot, don't you? I do. You do, really? I absolutely Wow, do. I just made that up. Well, there's one one thing I should point out before I give you my mix shot is uh, Dalton Schultz was probably going to be limited. I think we saw him. Speaking of big shots, yes. he got his own mix shot at the end of yeah, that game. Yeah, he sure did. And I don't know, I guess that was a legal <laughs> hit too, right? Unlike the one Joe Thomas hit. 
uh, on their guy. Uh, but anyway, he was going to be limited, so he he was out there. I don't know how much he was uh, actually uh, going to do. Uh, same thing, uh, I think, with uh, uh, Tyrone Crawford, too. So we'll see what the injury report uh, has to say on uh, those guys. So my mix shot is, all right, so they, they, they got through the game at right tackle. Now, is that the way they're going to go in this game? Is, is it is it Brandon Knight out there, just that simple, uh, with Tyler Biotish at uh, center? Uh, I'm pretty sure about that at center, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, out there at the uh, at, at that tackle position. Because again, if Brandon Knight's starting, then you know who's the backup. And I, I, I think in their minds, I don't know that they can go back to Terrence Steele. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one to keep a, uh, an eye on, I think, for the rest of the week. I wonder how they feel about Greg Sinat. Yeah. But the he, new guy. But he doesn't have a lot of experience, right? He was, he was on, I think, IR with Kansas City. Got himself a, a Super Bowl ring, but I think he spent most of the season on IR. And then he had been on the practice squad for Cleveland so far this year. So... Uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting to see how, how quickly they think uh, he could help out. And I thought the so little... So if you're on IR and you get a Super Bowl ring, is it like a discounted version of the Super Bowl <laughs> ring? I mean, how does, that, how does that work? I mean, you don't even play, you don't even practice, you're on IR. Does it Come have on, as many you diamonds to, in you it? Get all the diamonds? Did you get all the diamonds? Did you get all the diamonds you get that everyone the, else gets? You get the, what do they call them, zir- zirconium <laughs> ones? Yes, yes, cubic zirconia. Yeah, the CZs. I, I couldn't remember you. what the first. You got word the is. CZs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the CZs. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one this week too. See how how that one goes. Uh, I'm going to assume since Tyron Smith finished the game and played so well, he's ready to go, uh, and, and then we'll see what happens at right tackle. And it was nice having number 77 out there at uh, left tackle. Yeah, for Dak, it probably felt like a a supreme luxury. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) By the way, Greg Sinat from Wagner College. He was a sixth-round draft pick of the Ravens in uh, 2018, two years ago. Okay, so where is Wagner College? Well, that's easy for me to tell you. They are the Wagner Seahawks, and uh, they are located in what? Staten Island. Oh, Staten Island, Wagner College, Division Two, Three, NAIA. Oh, let's see. Asking too many Northeast, questions. Northeast Conference. That's a Division One FCS, is what it says on Wikipedia. Division Three. Wow, is D one? All right, F- FCS. Let's see. Well, that's football. Oh, right. FCS. That yeah, would be it's like with North Dakota uh, the State. Grambling. Yeah. And the, yeah. Yes, oh, I, yes. I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah. So that's old school one double A. Yes. Old school one double A. That's right. right. That was your yeah. division, right? That was my guys, baby. That's where the heart comes, baby. The heart <laughs> lives in one double A, baby. There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, I have to tell you guys uh, before we go on. I read an article. Uh, I did an interview with uh, Goose uh, this morning, Goose and Charlene, uh, the two Hall of Fame voters. And uh, I was ta- we were talking about uh, the lack of defense and, that the Cowboys have right now. And uh, his article, maybe you read it already, Spags, but his article talked about the lack of defensive structure for the Cowboys just as a culture uh, came from Jimmy Johnson and has continued ever since. 
Of course, we realize how many defensive players that were up for contracts after they did well, had their Super Bowl wins with Jimmy and Jerry, and uh, how they never tried to hold on to a good defensive player. Because as long as they had the triplets and the uh, offensive scheme working with Noah Turner so well, they figured they didn't have to invest much into defense. And so it seems like, according to this article, that that, that uh, thought process has continued to this day. Now, that was, that was 20 years ago. That was almost 20 years ago. And I kind of disagree with the article in that regard because since J- Jimmy left, I mean, we had Bill Parcells. You know, Bill Parcells is all about defense. And he did well defensively with a team that was extremely undermanned. And he did that because of a sound structure offensively and a strong defense that wasn't very talented, but they had a lot of heart and they had a great uh, scheme. They had a great game plan from week to week. So I kind of disagree with it to put that on Jimmy going way back to 1990. I just don't think that that kind of culture lasts that long, especially when you've been through the ups and downs since Jimmy left. So we're talking so about, we're we- talking about uh, signing defensive players to second contracts. Is that what we're talking about? As far we're, as well, we're talking about compared to offensive players that have stuck around uh, for more than one contract. Mm-hmm. That the, the defensive players, even though they may be prominent in our scheme, in our scheme and prominent in the, the Super Bowl wins. They don't get that second contract. They tend to move on. Uh, You talk about the James Washingtons, the Larry Browns. Right. Uh, You could think of a few others, the Jimmy Jimmy Jones. Yeah. But on this team, Demarcus uh, Lawrence Lawrence got his. Jalen Smith's got his. Sean Lee. Yep. Um, Uh, And that's why why I disagree. That's why I disagreed. With the article itself, but you know you've had plenty of coaches that come through and they believe offense sells tickets, but they don't believe in defense winning games like where we are right now. We know offense sells tickets, but the defense are really the ones that win the games. And of course, Jimmy, I, I, he didn't he didn't necessarily think that way because when they got well, I guess Jimmy was gone, but when Switzer was able to get his Super Bowl. They brought in two guys that made a huge difference in that team and in them winning another Super Bowl. And, I, and Spags, you can talk about this, of course. It's your show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it would be uh, Charles Haley coming in and Deion Sanders being signed. Those two defensive signings really led to, I think, that third uh, Super Bowl win. And I understand the thing about the second contract. But I think what they need to point out is when their good defensive players in the 90s second contract came up, the salary cap just hit. And the Cowboys had already Mm. used that money on guys like Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, uh, keeping their offensive line together. Uh, Jay Novacek. Yeah, they didn't ignore defense. Think about it. Darren Woodson had multiple contracts with the Cowboys. They used That's the, what I was going to bring up. They that, used that the first-round pick yeah. on Kevin Smith. They signed him to a second contract, and then he blew out his Achilles, the season opener in the 95 <laughs> season, which led them to give Against them, the like, Jets. okay, we better bring in <laughs> we better bring in Deion Sanders. Right? Well, okay, and I'm looking at, God, at Goose's uh, 
story here, and he's uh, okay. So the decisions that the Cowboys made this off season, obviously, it was Byron Jones, right? Who got the most lucrative contract a cornerback has gotten in the league from the Dolphins, and I don't think he's played yet for Miami this year because he's hurt. Got hurt, and uh, and then you had Robert Quinn, but he was already he was a veteran guy anyway that they had signed, and they only signed him to for. a one year deal, right? Uh, Malik, Collins Malik Collins would be would fall into that, and uh, the reports that I've well, I was watching the Vegas game the other day, and they were talking about Malik hadn't really stepped up like they hoped he would, and then you got Jeff Heath also, uh, who was mentioned here. Those are the four defensive guys that left in free agency this year. See, and I and think see, one of the I things put, you know, I Everson, can't put one all of, the things, of this. One right. of the things that happened, Everson, was these guys played well in a Cowboys team. But they weren't individual stars, right? But other teams said, "Oh, we no. got to have them." They, they, they were, you know, Russell Maryland. Look what he did for the Cowboys. He won two Super Bowls or three, whatever it was, and and, and the Raiders paid him big money, and he never finished his contract. Larry Brown got paid big money. Never Just finished, Larry Brown as well. Never finished yes. his contract, right? Uh, Charles Haley they kept, but you know he was he was always hurt. Tony Casillas went elsewhere and then came back. Did you mention Russell Maryland? I did. Rest okay. The Russell only Maryland. one I think that did well when he left, and I mean in a big way, and that's Ken Norton yes, Jr. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and Ken Norton, remember, he fit in so well with San Francisco. And Go remember ahead. that was at the that was at the start of the salary cap. And Jerry didn't think he should be spending money on 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 signing bonuses. And San Francisco signed him to a big signing bonus. And Jerry, he came up with yes, the thing: I don't want to use my credit card that I can't pay for. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, San Francisco wins, and that's like it changed the whole scheme or all the owners' thoughts on guaranteed money on signing bonuses. Yep. Because they thought mm-hmm. that the salary cap would prevent teams from giving guys guaranteed money and then San Francisco did it and it's changed everything and look how it's changed now what 25 25 years later uh, but that's what happened with Ken, Ken Norton. Ken Norton has been riding Ken Norton's been riding that wave ever since yes all well, the way to a Super Bowl through he came through Dallas for the Super Bowl win as well as uh, being a, a defensive coordinator uh, in the NFL. Right? Well, I'll point to the New England well Patriots as a team yeah. that, that okay, have, have they kept their defensive players? Do they keep their defensive players to second contracts? Chandler Jones is a great example well, of it. Well, now, let, let's, that, that's an exception. We're talking Bill Belichick here, okay? He <laughs> but, can win with anybody. But, let, let's, but seriously, put that I mean, in back pocket. Did you, did you uh, get a second what, contract? Look at what the Patriots did. Well, Belichick that. was gone when I came up for a second contract. That's what happened. The key on it, the key on it is you let a Chandler Jones go, and then what do you do with that money? And what the Patriots have done from a is you know there there would be if he's if Chandler Jones is at twenty uh, sixteen million a year whatever it is okay, you take that fifteen or sixteen million and you're bringing in four or five veteran guys uh, to build a team around, and then you can have four or five. They could be on one or two year contracts. You can sign a. You can pick off Kyle Van Noy that Detroit lets go, and he's a he's a mainstay on your defense. And then you got four or five more the next year, and you get four or five more the next year. It's what do you do with uh, to offset the um, uh, loss of that player? Yeah, and if you look at all those guys, he mentioned Ken Norton. Tell me somebody else from those defenses that went on 
to that second contract with another team and flourished playing. They mentioned James Washington. James was good, right? But I don't think he went on yep. and had this great all-pro career. Uh, Darren Smith, you know, Darren Smith wanted out, the linebacker. Uh, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. I mean, he was a backup, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, I don't agree with that. And, and it's not like they I didn't have, either. I, it's not like they've neglected paying defensive players if they're good. If if they're stars, and you got to look at what the market did, right? Were you gonna just pay Byron Jones the the best Over contract of, yeah. of any cornerback in the league? You know, same with thing zero with, interceptions. Yeah, same thing with Malik Collins, good player, but how much would you pay him? And teams were beating the Cowboys with these guaranteed contracts that, you know, they they were going to have to get out of them if these guys don't produce. So, yeah, I think that's pretty lame. But then you you, you got to pay attention to the people that have covered this team day to day for all these years. All right, it's break time. And when you start when you start thinking about uh, uh, the article itself, it's hard for me to give that extended blame to uh, Jimmy. That was, that, like I said, that was over 15, 20 years ago. And uh, we've had so many coaches since then that have had a chance to change the culture of this team. Each one of them put their stamp on it. Each successful one put their stamp on it in some way. And I, I just can't blame Jimmy, you know, as much as I would love to. Uh, <laughs> I just can't blame Jimmy for this one. Because we've had a lot of chances, especially within the last five years, to change the culture of this team. Now, let's be real. You can sign all the players you want. Spags, you're talking about, and Bill, Bill, you're talking about, well, with that money, you can sign all these veterans. Well, yeah, we got a bunch of veterans right now. Mm-hmm. And none of them doing jack. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter who you bring in. It's what you do with them when they come in. Do you have a game plan that can adhere to, a, to their talents? If you look at our D-line, the names sound very good, but they're not doing anything when it comes to the, to the game. They're not making the plays we want. We got Demarcus Lawrence. We got Everson Griffin. We've got all the Poe. We've got all these guys that were touted so well coming out of college. Well, yeah, you signed them all you want, but can you, make that, can you bring the best talent out of them with your coaches and your game plan. That's what matters. What do you do with them when you get them? And Everson, I don't want to make you feel old, but that was 27 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I I keep missing a decade. I missed a decade. That's what happened. (laughs) And by the way, the defensive lineman that was on the Cowboys last year who is doing better who left in free agency than any of them is Kerry Hyder with San Francisco. Yes. All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. 
By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mix shots. Bring some Cowboys game day energy from the Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue Dancers or Drumline to your next virtual or in-person event. For appearance and performance details, visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB. You know what that stands for, Bill? Say it again. D- Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue. Very good. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. What? <laughs> rhythm and Blue. Dallas Cowboys RB. What? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, nice. Something I do not have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to uh, our COVID update for today. How's that? Things seem to be breaking out. Yeah. Okay. The Patriots have a prominent case. That would be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year last year. Stephon Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19. But the last report, and I'm searching right now to see if there's anything new on it, uh, the Patriots game for this week looks to be okay, that they're handling the situation. A couple more in Tennessee. A couple more in Tennessee. And there was another team that had, uh, I want to say – one or the two Titans, guys. The Titans had someone else. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. They're, the they're Titans Tennessee did, and, and there was another one. I'm, I'm searching. But, but anyway, the NFL, they had a conference call, I think, yesterday and started uh, pointing out some other things that they need to uh, take care of, uh, emphasizing that they were going to start having, like, video uh, of team facilities to make sure people were wearing their masks uh, I also read yep. that they were going to appoint three coaches from each team that were going to be in charge of enforcing all the protocols. And if teams weren't uh, enforcing the protocols like they're supposed to, uh, then they're, they're going to be subject to fines or draft choice reduction. So uh, they basically sent out the memo that everybody needs to be serious about this. And you just get the feeling that everybody's starting to relax a little bit. Uh, and we see the mm-hmm. numbers around the country going back up again. So uh, I think the the word and from the so NFL are the is fines going up as well. Yeah, and do not do not relax. This is not over with yet. But I think people are getting tired of it and just saying, "Oh well, we're good." Well, be careful. Well, the the, the uh, Raiders uh, had a few 
and of course, the more high profile the game is, the more they before this whole different protocol came through in regards to the three coaches. You had Derek Carr is going to be fined for not wearing his mask. Uh, you had a few other high profile players that are going to be fined. So that means the organization is going to be fined as well. Uh, before this whole all went down, you all. Oh, a, we lost. We lost Everson there. But he mentioned the Raiders. No, I'm sorry. I just had a phone call. Am oh, I good? Go. We're good. We're good. Don't they know yeah. what you do? I just had a, a phone call. <laughs> hey, man. You know that's the bill collectors. They don't care. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> you know when when it, when you you know we had someone like Tony Hill, former uh, you know uh, cowboy great. Uh, he ended up uh, being the guy that was uh, watching the uniforms. Right. So uh, he would watch during warm-ups and during the games, see if you had your jersey tucked in, see if you had your socks up the right length, all, all kind of things that, that were, you know, part of the protocol for NFL dressing code. Well, I, I would think that they would just put someone in the stands to do the same thing. I, I know that Tony Hill don't want me throwing him under the bus and having him go to a game and be exposed to some things necessarily. But usually they have people doing that already from the stands. So they're going to need more than one. Like you said, Spags, uh, one person can't do it. You're going to have coaches. You have to have coaches that are on uh, feet or boots on the ground, as they say, on the sideline with them. And uh, when it comes down to it, if it goes too far with this, Spags, teams are going to have to start changing the schedule. So if a game is being postponed, uh, not canceled, but just po po postponed to a later date. Now you're talking about uh, changing the entire scheduling of the entire NFL, if I'm not mistaken. And so now different bye weeks are going to change. Uh, and maybe even the season will have some extra games at the end of the season when it was supposed to be over. Now you may have some extra games that were postponed and put off until later. So that's something that I see coming down the pike. So the, 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 bye, the bye weeks that we might look forward to, they may not be there for you when you think they will. The other thing that's uh, happening in Nashville, are there, there are several reports about uh, Titans players having informal workouts uh, after their facility had been shut down, and uh, that obviously is a no-no, and the NFL is investigating that, and that could result in – uh, not just fines, but uh, and it, it, it's funny after after the games, you can see coaches, whether it's college or high school, they're motioning to players get off of the field. The game is over. No fraternizing. Let's go to the locker room <laughs> and let's get out of here so that we don't have to worry about any type of things like that. So Speaking Jimmy Johnson Jimmy was Johnson. always on it. Before anybody else back in 1989 with no fraternizing, he would love this protocol, I must say. So here, here was the official thing. It says, in addition to video surveillance, each NFL team must identify at least three Tier 1 staff members as fast mask compliance officers who will be responsible for policing masks uh, use within the club facility and during travel. Uh, according to updated COVID-19 protocols finalized by the league on Tuesday, so they're they're cracking down and and, and for you good guys reason. remember Jim Myers? You remember Jim sure. Myers? Oh, offensive uh, line coach. Stag, you remember Jim Myers? Yep. Jim Myers was the was the fine coach 
at practice and at the ball games. If you sat on your helmet, he was always creeping around behind different players. He was a little bitty guy, too. He'd creep around some of the big players. And if he caught you with your chin strap unbuttoned or if you sit in your butt on top of your helmet, he would come get you with $25 fine. $25. He would love to say it. That was his thing. He was the fine coach. This would be another moment for him. God rest his soul. Yeah. He was also the guy that enforced curfews, and he used to go hide places to see if guys were sneaking out at training camp. <laughs> so did he, he caught him too. I think he got a stipend in his contract him. for, for how being the enforcer. Of yeah, the, right. Yeah, you get peace. Or, or maybe, or maybe I just, he got, I just think he, he enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he enjoyed it way too much. That was my thing. You just, you just seemed to be too happy about this. Maybe, maybe to control the. The turnovers that are are creeping into this game, they'll start finding the guys for, yeah. for turnovers. Speaking, speaking of turnovers, we'll <laughs> we'll get into that tomorrow. Uh, I did some research uh, on uh, Mike McCarthy and turnover margins in his career with the Packers, and it's pretty interesting stuff. You, you notice at all his press conferences after the recent games, he the first thing he talks about are the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, and after this last game, there was so much that went bad with the defense. But it's the turnover margin is what uh, has frustrated him more than anything, and you'll under well you understand why anyway because it's so important to winning football games. But especially after you see the numbers that I will give you tomorrow on the Packers during his 13 years as the head coach, where they were in turnover margin, and there was a reason that they were winning a whole lot of football games in Green Bay. Well, he threw out a number today in the press 103 conference. 103 plus 103 yeah, over 13 over years. 13 years. On his TV show last night, I threw out a couple of numbers to him about a couple of seasons, and he would. I did he I, steal your numbers for the press conference and today? And he said, "Wow, I'm impressed that you did that research." I said, "Oh, that's what I do." <laughs> All right, that does it, and uh, we will see you again tomorrow here on Mix Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!